Like the merchant ships, she brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it for from her prophets. She plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor, yet, yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all of her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, and when he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. You can be seated. It's not real clear um, whether this is an actual person or Lemuel's mother has created this character, I think it's probably the latter, and created this character with a, with a completely complete um, observation and account of a woman that would uh, fit, the, fit the, the mold or fit the description. Because she starts out by saying, who can find a virtuous wife? Now, you know, this could be a mother saying to her son, there's nobody good enough for you. And I know m no mothers today would ever do that. But she said, who, who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. Who can find us? And we find this in verses 10 and 17. By the way, you might want to keep your Bibles open or your tablets or whatever because I'm going to reference these as we go down through the list. And the other thing is we're not going to dig real deep into this. We could be here to the, to the cows that Adam named come home if we try to get deep into each one of these characteristics. But I'm just going to touch on them and let God and the Holy Spirit minister them to you wherever he sees fit. But she's a wife of valor. When it says virtuous, the ESV there says she is a, a wife of excellence. She's a, she has great uh, force or strength. In other words, she has a moral force and a forceful strength of character. She Nothing will compromise her character. This is a virtuous wife. And, and by the way, another thing, let me just say here. Sometimes when I read um, things like this, whether it be men or women, and we, we, the, a bar is set, not the kind you sit at and you don't remember, but the bar is set to attain to, sometimes it can be so intimidating when you look at the, the, the height of the bar and you think, well, I, I don't think I can get there. Well, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it. So aim at something. 
And so what we're saying here is this is what we, sh- we should aim for, to, be, to have moral force and strength and to have a strength of character that will not bend with the circumstances that we face. He also says in verse 11 that she's a woman of character and trustworthiness. Uh, Verse 11 just simply says, the heart of her husband safely trusts her so he will have no lack of gain. Uh, The pulpit commentary there says she manages domestic concerns so well that her husband finds his honest gains increase. There's, There's a teamwork there going on there. And she's managing the the finances of this household in such a way that there's an increase, there's a gain. And, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy embarrassing my wife. And uh, it's not hard to do. She's so shy. But years ago, I tried to take care of the finances in our house. And I'm, I'm pretty good with math and those kinds of things. And then one day it occurred to me that I was married to a lady who, professionally speaking, was a bookkeeper and an accountant. (laughs) Well, you big dummy. (laughs) And she manages our stuff, our, you know, (laughs) the other night Tim Parrish at the conference was talking about Madonna yeah, we talked about Madonna at the, at the conference. <laughs> we also talked about Bob Dylan and Dolly Parton. Boy, it was a real spiritual week, I can tell you. Uh, and he pointed out that she had she was worth eight hundred and sixty million dollars. Of course, the point of his pointing out was that she was completely unsatisfied with her life, and she she felt like she had to prove herself every day. And, and, of course, I thought to myself, $860 million, that sounds kind of low to me for Madonna. Yeah. She's given some away or w- wasted it. But anyway, <laughs> Tim said she's worth $860 million. And he said that is $860 million more than I have. <laughs> but with my bookkeeper accountant wife, I, look, I say, what? Well, you look around and there's money. Where'd that come from? Who knows? <laughs> because she manages it so well that there's honest gains increase. This woman has character and trustworthiness and she's responsible. There's no suspicion. There's no unrest in this woman. There's no, there's what, there's no what I call there are no Lucy episodes. You know what Lucy episodes? Lucy, you got some planning to do. <laughs> I mean, if you ever watch the Lucy show, as Desi quite often has to say that. And uh, this woman of character and trustworthiness never has those episodes. You say, well, some of you are already saying, well, I'm quitting already. I'm done. I'm out. Again, aim at something. Verse 12 teaches us that she's a benefit to him. Now, the New King James says she does him good. But when you start digging around, you find out that the real essence of that word is that she's a benefit to him. Now, Job's wife, on the other hand, said, curse God and die. (laughs) Now, that is not being a benefit. 
to your husband. But this woman that King Lemuel is speaking of is consistent in her conduct towards her husband in good times or bad. When young and in the waning years of declining age. Now, I just have to let you figure out where that is and where you fit into that. But let me just say this to the wives. Pray to God that you could be and would be a benefit to your husband. Now, this doesn't apply to anybody in this room, and it probably doesn't apply to anybody watching online. But I have seen down through the years, especially in the arena of ministry and pastoring, I have seen so many men who obviously had a call on their life and their wife were, was not, their wife was more like Job's wife than this P31. And either they, it destroyed them ministry wise or it in some cases completely prevented them from exercising their gift. Now, I could say the same thing about men with, to the women, but today's Mother's Day. Consistent. She was also industrious. Uh, you know, this is not one of the things we understand here that this P31 woman does not fit the mold of pregnant and barefoot at home all the time. You know, someone said the woman's place is in the mall. I mean, I don't know. But this woman was active or is active. Look, Just a quick look, verse 13, she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Verse 19, she stretches out her hands to the distaff and her, her hand holds the spindle. Verse 27, she watches over the ways of her household, does not eat the bread of idleness. She's industrious with putting her hands to something. And the last part is probably the most important. She's avoiding idleness. She's willing to work with her hands. She's willing to do something. You know, you can only watch so much Oprah and eat so many bonbons. (laughs) Guys, we can only watch so many cowboy shows (laughs) and whatever you eat. Uh, But again, this is not an idle person. This is a person who's applying themselves to something. He says in verse 14 that she's enterprising and frugal. It says that she is like the merchant ship. She brings her food from afar. She does what she needs to do. She goes where she needs to go to, to take care of the household. Uh, Kiel and Delich commentary. I think I said that right. Said it this way. She is like merchant ships. In other words, she has the art of such ships as sail away and bring wares from a distance. They're equipped, they're sent out, and managed by an enterprising spirit. So the prudent, calculating look of the brave wife, directed towards the care and the advancement of her house, goes out beyond the nearest circle. She she sees also distant opportunities of advantageous purchase and profitable exchange. We'll come back to that. 
and brings in from a distance what is necessary for the supply of her house. Whatever she needs to do. You know, I, I heard somebody uh, recently that uh, uh, learned how to save money on groceries. And the way they did it, they went to Kroger's for this and they went to Walmart for that. And they went to whatever the other one was for that. And, you know, that fortunately these three stores were with next door to each other. So it wasn't like driving all over town. But when they were done, they discovered they'd save $100 on their grocery. She goes afar. She, she goes further than you would think to do what is necessary. Verse 15 says, She also rises while it is yet night, provides food for a household, a portion for a servant. She's ordered and organized. Now, I like organization. I like things to be organized. I like things to be in order. Uh, some people I'm around sometimes, they don't care about that stuff. And it drives me crazy. But this lady, her life was ordered and her life was organized. It says in Proverbs 20, uh, do not sleep lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread. By the way, guys, that wasn't written about women. That was all of us. Come on. Do not love sleep. I got to admit, I love sleep. And I, I wish by nature the, you know, I heard somebody was talking to somebody just the other day. He said, man, at 530 every morning, my eyes pop open. Poop, I'm wide awake. He said, I went to bed the other night at 11 o'clock. Next morning, 530. Poop, eyes wide open. No matter what time I go to bed. And I wish I was like that. But I'm not. So, you, you know, as... If you, well, if I got a cat, then I'd have to kill the cat. And then I couldn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and as you know Briscoe Darling said when they were going to sing a love song and, and Charlene said that makes you cry he said I'll fight it <laughs> well I have to fight it and not allow sleep to be what rules me do not love sleep lest you come to poverty open your eyes you'll be satisfied with bread she oversees and dispenses provision we'll come back to part of that provision but in verse 16 she engages in commerce. Look what it says. She considers a field and buys it, and from her profit, she plants a vineyard. She, she's enterprising. Um, and by the way, I know we're being told, or have been told for a long time, by some element of our society that making a profit is evil or making a profit is not the Christian thing to do. You know, there's this really really um, complex theological term that I try not to use very often, but my reply to that is baloney. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to get off on that, but it says in this version, and yours is very close, it says from her prophets. Everybody say prophets. Oh. It's not evil to make a profit. I tell businesses that all the time. Hey, you need to raise your prices because I want you to be in business next week when I need your services. And if you start giving away everything, you're going to go out of business. You have to make a profit to stay in business. She, she bought and sold. It says, it says she considered a field. She bought the field and from the profits, she bought a vineyard. How about that? Smart. 
We're going through this fast, so hold on. In verses 18 and 20, it says, She perceives that her merchandise is good, and her lamp does not go out by night. Verse 20, she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is her others, other people, benefit from her profit, from her gain, which is the lesson to be learned. If, if we gain profit, if God blesses us financially to such a degree that some part of society would call us wealthy, so I don't get into who, but someone sat on our stairs one time several years ago and said, uh, well, the reason I'm stealing from you is because you live in a freaking mansion. Okay. And if you saw my house, you saw our house, you would say, we have a very nice home. We have a very nice place. Um, but mansion would not fit our house. And if we did, that doesn't excuse you from stealing from me. But when we are blessed financially, rather than consume that all upon ourselves, we need to find an outlet. Okay, God, if you gave me this money, you must want somebody to be blessed with part of it or maybe even all. Don't you love it when God gives you a big windfall and then tells you, Give it away. I mean, I thought I told this story four years ago. I had a guy build a computer just for my, my bride, the, the mother of my children. And got a new computer. I already had a computer, but she wanted one. So we were, we were sitting here with two computers, and this was before laptops were all that big. And uh, so we put that thing together, got it going, set it up in our house. I was in one room. She was in another. Sometimes we'd get online and chat. That's the truth. And doggone it, if God didn't tell her to give that computer away, lock, stock, and barrel, you never, you'll never suffer from being generous. I'm bogging down here, but hang on there. It says she extends her hand. She saw that her merchandise was good, and she made a profit off of her merchandise. But she wasn't ruled by greed. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. It's what, does God need to borrow any money from me? No, that's not what it means. What it means is, is when you bless the poor, you're blessing God. Jesus said that if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And he will repay him or her for the deed. It says an interesting thing there. It says uh, in verse 18, her lamp does not go out by night. Her lamp does. That signifies availability for the homeless and the needy. They knew that they could come to her. And get something taken care of. In other words, in our day, she would have owned Motel 6. We're going to leave the light on for you. That's what, that's what it means. And also in verses, we'll just read in verse 19. It says, she stretches out her hands. Her hands hold the spindle. Verse 22, 
She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. So how in the world she dressed so nice? She made the stuff herself. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies. She was real Christian. She'd give them away. <laughs> and supplies sashes for the merchants. She is exercising her gifting and her skill. She's releasing the creator's DNA through her hands. The very first characteristic we see of God in the Bible is creator. And so when he made you in his image, in your DNA is the propensity for creation, to be creative, to create something. That's why I always encourage um, folks, um, find something that you can do with your hands. Now, you know, a lot of us work with our brains, and that's why some of us are really poor. But uh, <laughs> a lot of us work with our minds, and, you know, we're in, a, we're in an age where a lot of the work we do is a service industry kind of a thing, and we're selling, our, we're selling intangible products. Uh, but, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, nothing wrong at all. But find somewhere where you can get your hands dirty. I mean, do something with your hands. And teach your children to do that. Teach them to learn a craft of any kind that they can put their physical hands on. That way they can release the DNA of the creator themselves through their hands. It says in verse 23, her husband is, uh, well, maybe I'll put my glasses on. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She is the crown of her husband. And we read that verse earlier. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. And that just simply means that she's the honor, she's the joy, she's the gladness of him as he sits in the gates. And in this particular instance, the example that King Lemuel's mother is using is the gates were the place where the city elders would gather and govern the city. Uh, and by the way, uh, the crown, being the crown of one's husband, is the opposite of rottenness to his bones. <laughs> I mean, we don't want that. Uh, in verse 25, we read, Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She's always clothed with strength and honor. And in really a good, a lot of versions there will read, thus she laughs at the future day. She can laugh at the future day because she knows she's taking care of today. And future day doesn't concern her. If you don't take care of today, you need to worry about the future day. Take care of today. Verse 26, it says, she opens her mouth with wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of kindness, wisdom, and kindness in her mouth. And this is for everybody in the room and everybody listening online, man, woman, and any other gender. No, I'm not. We only got two. 
if you want to stay out of trouble, ask God to help you have wisdom. James said, if you lack wisdom, um, read a book. No, that's not what he said. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask God who gives wisdom. Wisdom and kindness. If that is what's in our mouth, then it'll keep you out of a lot of trouble. I wish I could say that I've done that 100% of the time. I wish I could say that I've done that 50% of the time. Well, I'm going to stop right there. I might go, I might go so low that I'll depress me and you. <laughs> but wisdom and kindness in the mouth, this lady exhibited. And so what are the results of this P31, this Proverbs 31 woman? Well, first of all, the Bible says children will rise up and call her blessed. Now, when it says children will rise up, what it really means there, it doesn't mean that they got out of bed and wiped the sleepy out of their eyes and said, boy, you're a great mom. Now, if that happens, that's, that's fine. But how many of you mothers know and fathers, you've seen this, that doesn't happen a lot when they're, especially as they get to be teenagers. Not so much. But what it really means is when these children grow to a maturity of age and a place of ripeness of judgment, being able, you know, I tell people, you know, my daddy, when I was 15 or 16 years old, my daddy was the dumbest rock that ever existed. You know, how in the world could he have such a smart son and being so dumb? And, you know, when I turned 18 years old, uh, of course, my wife and I got married. We were really smart. And uh, we got married, and he was okay, He might, but he was still kind of stupid. <laughs> and then as I got to be 20 and 21 and 22, by the time I was 25, that man had become a genius. I don't know what he had studied. <laughs> I don't know what books he had read. But he was the genius he, I said, man, where, how'd you get to be so smart? Well, you know what happened. And that's what the, the writer here, that's what King Lemuel's mother is saying, is that your children will, once they gain some maturity of age and a, and a, a measure of judgment, they're going to see, hey, I had a pretty good mom. I have a pretty good mom. And I'm going to call her blessed. Your mom's living today. Make sure you do that if you haven't already. It also says her husband praises her. Well, there's nothing I hate more than getting in a crowd of guys and hearing somebody dog their wife. Man, I want to put an elbow on top of their head, dot their eye, and everything else that I'm not supposed to do. Husband praises her. He says, look, look what he says, because you see it's in quotations. He says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Now, let me just say this, guys. If you don't believe you have the best wife in the world, there's something wrong with you. I do. I don't feel like you do. I think I do. You have to, you have to believe that your wife excels above them all. 
And, you know, we can get into arguments. Nope, my wife does. Nope, your wife. No, none of that. Everybody should feel like their wife excels. And I know mine does. I don't know about you. Anyway, you excel them all. The result is that she goes beyond the superficial beauty to the fear of the Lord. She understands that that beauty's good. You know, it's it's nice to have a pleasant face to look at, and and I certainly have one. Not the mirror, but her. But you know what's even more is when when they grasp the fear of the Lord as being the most important. Note, by the way, if you're looking at the book of Proverbs from chapter 1 to the very end of chapter 31, that the, that the book ends where it began, the fear of the Lord. And finally, the results are that she reaps the fruit of her diligence. Her own works praise her in the community. Her own works praise her in the community. Now, as I said when we started, again, first of all, these, this is a high bar. This is a high bar. And some of you, under the sound of my voice, some of you have hit some of these points really good. And others, you say, well, I wish I could get there. And that's okay. It's not about perfection. It's about direction. It's about what your direction is. Are you moving at any pace? In the direction of Jesus Christ. If you are, biblically speaking, you are perfect. Doesn't mean you've arrived or that you're sinless. It just means that you're perfect, you're complete. And that's what's important here. But, again, you aim at nothing, you'll hit it. We're aiming at something here. And we're recognizing the essence of a Proverbs 31 lady and the impact that she has on those around her and the results that she gains in her own life and the ultimate of all of this is that God is honored and glorified. And this is King Lemuel's mother's oracle. That he's, she's speaking to him. And so blessings on all the ladies, all the women. That we could see this. Blessings on you men. That you could take a clue from this passage. And, and be who you should be. And that way we can, can, can uh, maintain proper perspective and viewpoints of motherhood and womanhood. And not allow, the key to this is to not allow, as we said last Sunday, the world to squeeze you into their mold. Not allow the voices of society to dictate to us what we should believe about manhood and womanhood and masculinity and femininity, that we would not embrace any of that, but we would embrace what God says in his word about these things. And this is one really good picture that God anointed by the Holy Spirit to have written down for us. Aren't you glad? Stand with me.